the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us begin with prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our first lesson is from Genesis and tells us about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. It also introduces sin, which originated with the temptation from the devil, the creature we call Satan. And that reminds me of a story about a preacher with a terrible memory problem. Since the preacher preferred not to use a written sermon, but rather to speak extemporaneously, as he aged, his memory problem got worse. Preaching became so stressful that he had to write notes to himself 
on his wrist, on the sleeve cuffs, and sometimes when he was desperate, on the inside of his suit jacket. Well, one Sunday morning, he was preaching on creation. And as he said, and God created the first man, and his name was Adam. God took a rib from Adam and created the first woman. And her name was Eve. After they were kicked out of the garden, Eve gave birth to three sons. And their names were, all of a sudden, his mind went completely blank. He checked his wrist. He checked his sleeves cuffs. And then he remembered the inside of his suit jacket. He flipped it open. Oh, there were the names on the top of the pocket. So he continued. And the son's names were Giorgio, Armani, and company. In the Genesis passage that was read, the devil is presented as a crafty creature, not a slimy, slivery, detestable creature, but more likely a two-legged, good-looking, smooth-talking, and charming creature. This enabled him to be very persuasive and, as we know, effective. Even though he presents himself in a different way to Jesus in our gospel, he waited to do so only after Jesus had been alone and was famished. The devil seeks to tempt Jesus to become one of his own followers. His desire is to have Jesus turn away from God. Quite the irony is that the devil cannot resist the temptation to tempt. The devil is the master of disguise. He does not approach us boldly so that we have a chance of recognizing him. Oh, no. He is much more clever than that. In fact, I've heard it said that the smartest thing the devil ever did was to convince people that he did not exist. But evil is real and present, and so is the devil. He tempts us constantly and waits for our weakest moments, hoping that we will believe that by taking his advice, we are doing the right thing. A seminarian once shared the story 
He said, I was talking to one of my professors as we came out of chapel, and I told him that I was not bothered by temptations from the devil. I don't have that problem, he said. I'm never tempted. To which the professor replied, then you're in trouble, son. The devil camouflages selfishness to appear justified, honorable, and at least necessary. Take, for example, ambition. Ambition by itself can be a worthy cause. It's a means to provide well for your family, a roof over their heads, food on the table, cars in the garage, and education for their future. But ambition taken to extreme can possess a person to work endless hours, pouring all their time and energy into their work, fooled into thinking that is done for the good of their family. But that is the disguise. When a person is seized with the desire to have more and more, when one leaves every morning before the family is awake and returns home when the children are in bed, at that point, ambition has become the master and not the servant. When sports games, family trips, and entertainment continually replace attending church with the family, the tempter has won a place at the dinner table. When a person can find the time, energy, and motivation for grocery shopping, errands, visiting family and friends out of town, and vacations, but cannot manage to get to church, then the tempter is not just in the car. He's the driver. I realize that while we strive to share that God is merciful and gracious, it's important to remember that he also expects us to obey him. And that is why he gave us the Ten Commandments, God's law. The only, perf only perfect person who has ever existed is Jesus. He was tempted at his most vulnerable time, at the end of 40 days and nights, being alone, no food, and no water. 
he was famished and weak. And that is when the devil had his best chance, and he took it. Jesus relied on the word of God to answer each temptation, and he sought only to obey and to please his heavenly Father. As a result, the devil fled from Jesus' presence, and the angels came and ministered to Jesus. Following his time in the wilderness, Jesus began his ministry, a ministry that united and proclaimed both law and gospel. The law, we are to obey Jesus. The gospel, we are to love others because God first loved us. It was a ministry that brought all people, Jews and Gentiles alike, into the kingdom of God. And he did this at the cost of his own life. Jesus accomplished everything that he was sent to do. He preached, taught, healed, forgave. And when the time came, he suffered, died, and rose from the dead that we may have eternal life. Jesus did all this willingly, and he did it in complete obedience to God. As a result, the history he left us gives us guidance so that we may follow in his footsteps, footsteps and we may live according to his teaching. History repeats itself, and this is a strong example. A family took in their elderly parents to live with them. And while those at the small kitchen table had chairs, plates, and silverware, the grandparents sat on the floor with a wooden bowl and used their fingers to scoop out their food. One day, when the children were almost teenagers, the, son, the father found his 10-year-old son digging with a knife into a piece of wood. And being curious, he said, what are you doing? What are you trying to make? Oh, said the son, I'm starting to carve out the bowls for you and mom when you get old. At the next meal, the grandparents sat at the dinner table with plates and silverware. You have probably heard it said that what you do speaks so loudly 
I cannot hear what you are saying. As adults and as Christians, we are making our own history. We are an example to our children, our friends, our co-workers, and all to whom we come in contact. We are now molding the values and the traditions for our future. How we use our time, energy, and money is being carefully watched by our children and most likely will be repeated. When we give in to the temptation to follow our own selfish wants and needs, we are not following Jesus. Jesus taught us to be kind in word and deed to everyone, to honor and care for our older folks, to be honest in all our dealings, to seek the fellowship that comes from worshiping in God's house and to watch the words that come out of our mouth so that we never take the Lord's name in vain. When this is how we live, we give the tempter no hope of obtaining our loyalty. Then we have chosen God as our master and the devil can go to hell. Amen.